Need a new set of optics? For more than a decade, Riton Optics has been providing optic solutions for hunters and shooters of all types and disciplines. Check out their Primal line for those products geared more towards us hunters. From binoculars and spotting scopes to your basic 3-9 to nine scopes and longer range crossover models, the Primal line from Riton was made for hunters. Learn more at RitonOptics.com. That's Riton, R-I-T-O-N, Optics.com. Oh, there it is. Oh, there it is. It's down on the floor. Oh, there it is. Oh, there it is. There it is. You already poured the drop ten, right? Yeah. Let's do the... Just one for good measure. Clap on. There's another sound in the middle of the claps that's going to totally F me, so I had to do one more. (laughs) I don't know. I should show you guys how I do the 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 behind-the-scenes production stuff. Never seen it. It's pretty interesting. I got some AI bots doing stuff for me now. They just click a button and it goes... We're going to be obsolete in about a month. We will be. (laughs) Maybe maybe that means more time in the woods. (laughs) Can you just take all of our voices from all the podcasts and have that AI... I just read about it in the news today. Someone did a... Someone fed an AI bot a news article and they generated three talking voices to discuss the topic and he put it out as a podcast. Not a single human being or mic was needed. (laughs) Greg, I feel like you would enjoy that. Our then, biggest concern was the TikTok, and now, <laughs> now we got now that. Greg, now Greg's now got a robotic that. podcast. Yeah, <laughs> they're probably this better is than the us. Okayest Hunter podcast could be. Never pass on shooter bucks. That's just me, the freezer. It's your tag. You hunt how you want. This is Okayest Hunter. Whoops. Another week, another podcast. Here we go. Here it is. Coming at you live from the OKS Hunter Podcast Studio, brought to you by Afrak. You got the hat on, Derek. I like this hat. You're the real deal. It's a nice hat. Woo. Fancy man over here. Uh, go to half-rack.com. I brought the cooler into work today. We had a cookout. And uh, I looked at the list of everything people were bringing. And everything I wanted to bring was already taken. But I didn't see beer on the list. So I had a fridge full of beer. And I just took the, the beer in the fridge, jumped into the half-rack cooler, brought that into work. And I was like, whoa, look at this cooler. And nice. uh, I'm like, look what's inside the cooler. There's some beer. So it was like 12 o'clock and people at Gunpowder are cracking beers. It's perfect. Good work, work day. day. So it was, yeah. Yeah, it was very productive today. <laughs> you feel great already. <laughs> Let's roll. <laughs> if every Tuesday was like this, we'd be in a lot better position. Look, yeah. I haven't messed anything up. I got the title right. We're on time. Hey, no technical glitches. Don't count your chickens before they hatch. There's still plenty of time yet. Yeah, two, two minutes and 50 seconds in. I think you're right, Greg. <laughs> Anywho. Uh, welcome to the show. Thanks for tuning in each and every week. And uh, I think I saw a couple more ratings or reviews come through. Uh, I actually, I made an announcement today on Facebook and LinkedIn. Personally, I made a personal announcement. We are now a network of six podcasts. Hell yeah. So that's pretty neat, guys. Little 10 million that, strong huh? and growing. Huh? 10 million. Yeah, well, maybe. To the OKS not network. Quite, not quite. Yeah, the, yeah, we're only OKS. So certainly not 10 million. But yeah, we have. We just launched uh, this-ish week. We launched Southern U, which is a Southern-focused land management podcast. So, of course, there's some deer hunting in there, but there's also a lot of, like, soil pH balance from wildlife biologists and uh, 
more stuff than I know about. All the conservation stuff. Yeah, right? a lot of colorful language coming from the southern uh, dialect or lexicon, whatever you want to call it. And then our good buddy Paul Campbell yep. came on the network with turkey season, which isn't what you think. Tell me what you think it is. Do you think it's about turkey hunting? I'm sure there has some brushes in, of, of turkey hunting in it, but I'll bet it's more historical, biological, You'd be right, sir. Yeah, he, it's very narrative story, Paul the history is very, of very, turkeys. Yeah, Paul is very up to date on all that stuff. Going episode deep. episode he's one, he's, he's got his pilot deep. episode that we just launched or debuted today, and then his first episode is next Wednesday, and it is a doozy of a good one. In fact, the voice of the guest he has... It's like the most creamy, dreamy voice you've ever heard in your life. I was like, does he do like Home Depot commercials? Like, what the? Who is this guy? I've never heard a voice like this in my life. And I guess he had done voice talent like workshops. And you listen to him. I feel like I'm listening to like, uh, gosh, what's his name? Some actor, like some old actor that has like like this commanding voice, you know? It's an AI bot. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, that's an AI bot. Um, and then of course, in the world. we have OKS Fisher, we have Upduck, Onset, um, please tell me I'm not forgetting anybody. <laughs> That's everybody, right? That's six. I can't count this high. This is going to be a problem for me. I didn't so. even start counting. <laughs> You're just going to have to run around barefoot now. <laughs> so you can count on all your toes. So it's kind of neat to see the growth. It's exciting. There's other people kind of joining our ranks and doing OKS stuff out there. So if you haven't checked it out. If you listen to us on Spotify, you can click OKS Tunner Network, and you can see the other podcasts. You can search for them individually. You can go to iTunes, do the same. Uh, it's all linked together through wizardry. I don't know how it happens, but it's a thing. So there's that. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. And then we also have a lot of partners. Uh, go Wild, Spartan Forge, Latitude. Um, I don't want to talk about your Latitude experience, do I? Am I comfortable doing that? You've already brought it up once, so... We might as well bring it up. The, wound, Nick, the wound is open and you just poured salt in it. Way to go. It's not Latitude's fault. I'm not going to point the finger at them, even though I want to. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I took, uh, Eric and I just were playing with some plat- uh, saddle platforms because uh, we That's got in right. the new X-Wing one. Mm-hmm. And Eric grabbed the X-Wing and then I got a school lus- a Lone Wolf custom gear Ambush? Ambush. The ambush? Big yeah, the yeah. old Cooner the big ambush, one. the big one. So I just picked it up last week, and I thought, you know what? I'm going to put this sucker to use. It was my first time using the saddle this season, and uh, I had an encounter with the number one buck I was hunting at a very, very close range, and I could not get spun around to my weak side in time and get a shot. So my fault, but I feel like if I had been in my trusty lock-on, Probably be having a couple of these to celebrate my biggest public land buck to date. Yeah. yeah. But it is what it is. That's why we hunt. And but you had fun in the saddle. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty cool having a, an encounter at like four yards, five yards Absolutely. with a gigantic buck. So When I got the X-Wing and I was, it was meant for you to be like it was for Derek because Derek didn't have a platform. And I was like, let's get Derek a platform. I got my hands on the thing and I just couldn't, I couldn't give it to you thanks pretty sweet i was going to i gave you the option i said you can you can have it but i'm just showing you how it fits in my backpack really nicely <laughs> he had a presentation lined up just i want to show i was you. really nervous about it i was <laughs> like big deal i really want you to take what you want here but god don't take the x-wing i really enjoyed hunting out of that thing and i really enjoyed the how it's changed my setup like my packability well, it just fits just, way better dude did yeah. you find it comfortable when you used it like yeah. did you like that split yeah, it design? wasn't too much like I don't want to say too much different than the the Lone Wolf Custom Gear one. That one's huge. It gives you a lot of options. This one gave you a similar assortment of options without being as large. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking to cut down form factor size, 
uh, it's a good option for sure. You can still get your feet are pretty comfortable. Well, guys like it or they hate it. You, you know, they'll buy it and either you'll see it up on Marketplace for sale right away or people are raving about how awesome it is. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm one of the uh, enthusiasts for it. Uh, obviously, on Spar- dude, I we've been on Blue Force Tracker now. I think it's officially something we're trying to do more. I'm still not sure I'm doing it right. I've not had time to reach out to Bill to figure out what the hell I'm doing because I noticed that you guys were seeing the same pin, but I wasn't seeing the acorn pin. Unless you shared the same picture twice. I don't know. But I outlined a property, sent you guys emails, and invited you into this property that I'm trying to, like, e-scout the shit out of. This is the one you sent yeah, I feel like a the other night, right? Yeah. 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 I just can't wait to get eyes on it, you know. Just, just get in there. <laughs> just go out and get in there. Yeah. Yeah, so this weekend. Just dive right in. It's Holly's birthday this weekend. I got to watch my You got an anniversary. You got the weekend. <laughs> I know. Birthday. October's a rough month. It really is a lull. So that brings us to all of So is September. <laughs> well, we'll just uh, we do have guests on with us here. So, um, guys, thanks for joining us. Sorry, sorry for all the 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 BS and what we're doing here. But we got um, Ev. How you doing? Hey, doing awesome. How you guys doing? Good. And oh gosh, am I gonna forget a name? I think I am. Is it Jamie? Jamie. Okay, thank you. Yes. I was just about yep. to say it. I just get scared. I was going to say Jennifer or something on accident and totally shit That's the bed. <laughs> <laughs> I usually yep. goof up no, last, last name. Join but... the conversation, guys. Yeah, we were back here kind of laughing and listening. And yeah, it sounds like you guys have a good time on this, which is really cool. Yeah, we're only two sips into bourbon, so we, we got try lots it. more good times ahead of us tonight. It'll get more interesting as we go. <laughs> I bet. But you guys have been in this industry for, I mean, I'm not going to say that you're old, but you've been at it for a lot longer than we have. I think your first purchase of camouflage was when I was one year old. So let's get our DeLorean and uh, speed up to 88. And why don't you introduce yourselves and talk about where we came from here? No, I have been in the industry a long time. I started uh, working for Cabela's building hind clothing in uh, 87. That's hard for me to even think about. That was a long time ago, but um, still pretty young at heart and, and making it all happen and still having fun doing it. It was a heck of a run at, at Cabela's and I started working with Jamie there. Well, I guess about 10 years ago, yep. actually. Um, yep. And we just really hit it off and really excited to be working with her again. So anything you want to know about the camouflage, um, you know, kind of his, the history of camouflage, I'm probably as good of a, a resource as you're going to find. I've, I've, I've been around a while. That's awesome. I'm pushing buttons over here. Sorry. Yeah, what are you doing on our yeah, screen? Here? I was trying to bring in the comment. People are commenting, so I was like, "Oh, I can bring them in." Then it's like morphing it around, all kind of weird. But eighty-seven, uh, that's a long time ago in the retail world. A lot has changed. We have obviously e-commerce, commerce content, social media, affiliate marketing. There's like a ton that has changed in that landscape, and obviously Cabela's um, got purchased out by Bass Pro Shop, and they're they're kind of like one-ish entity. And uh, you're not with them anymore, as far as I understand. So, like, what's that journey been like? Well, it was, you know, um, it was just time for me to do something different. It wasn't really about the transaction or the or the the change that was happening there. I just 30 years of it and was just ready to do something different and kind of ventured off and and did a few different things and then settled back into this this uh, this adventure here about oh three years ago, I guess actually. Three years, huh? So that would have been, you, you were one of those guys like us that started during COVID. What were we thinking? Yeah. <laughs> I missed out on some really good times on the direct consumer market. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, uh, yeah. everybody said, man, you missed the good days. You're, you're starting at the wrong time, but we were ready to start. So we did it anyway, you know. 
Yeah, we're definitely coming off the COVID high from a, a retail standpoint. You can see there's like consumer reports coming out in the outdoor category. Like you can see the the bell curve or the spike of COVID and we're back to 2019 numbers for yeah. sure. I mean, it definitely is back to 2019 in terms of like outdoor hunt retail stuff. It's very interesting to navigate well, that now. Prices climbed up so much too. I mean, that's yep. another problem. Inflation. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting time to be trying to run a freaking business. Uh, I think... And you guys are in a, a niche of a niche, like hunting is one category, but bow hunting is another, like, you know, it's not like, I mean, obviously you can wear your stuff while you're uh, gun hunting and put some blaze over it, but talk about the brand a little bit of Code of Silence. Let's just kind of start there. And then I do want to get in the DeLorean because I do want to hear this like uh, evolution <laughs> here. Yeah. There you go. No, I'll talk about anything you want to talk about. Yeah. The, the brand really, um, I guess is all good brands should start from came from, you know, the need out there in the marketplace. I'm a super avid bow hunter as Jamie is as well. And spend my time chasing all kinds of critters with the, with the bow. I, I hunt with the rifle too and, and shotguns and do it all, but really found myself about four years ago going, how come there is not a line of clothing that I can really wrap my arms around and feel like it's a true enabler for a bow hunter, you know, I can I can pick up a brand new sweet shooting bow, new broadhead that's you know super accurate. Maybe a pair of boots are going to keep me warm and say this is going to change the game. But as much as I've been around in clothing, maybe this is a little bit of a back on me of how can you be in it thirty years and not have you know completed a level of clothing that is that is that much of a difference maker. But I mean, literally, I found myself climbing trees higher and higher, hiding behind you know, tree trunks trying to get deer to, you know, close, uh, not being able to stay warm, uh, just not having the level of quietness and going, this is not right. You know, the the archer in general, to me, had taken their game to a, that level where they needed a true enabler and said, what would that look like? And hence, Code of Silence came about. That's pretty awesome to Sorry, go ahead, Derek. You are well, no, ready to go. No, I think that's that's a great explanation and great reasoning. Like just noticing it as a bow hunter, obviously, like the you know the all the different aspects of like what you expect your clothing to do: keep you warm, keep you hidden, stay quiet. Like noticing it from a bow hunter's perspective, but then noticing it from the perspective of a guy who sounds like he's been around all the different brands of camo for a long time, and noticing that like it wasn't just you assuming there was this hole in the market or a hole in like what was offered to bow hunters. You saw it every day and you capitalized on it. And now you're making this product that I can't wait to hear a little bit more about. Well, it's funny. And I think you guys can relate to this context, but you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big time uh, walleye fisherman too. I fish a lot of tournaments and stuff like that. And I have, you know, I have G Loomis $400 rods that I just, you know, they're my go-to and, start of a tournament I realized I left my rod at home you know I'm I'm going back you know almost and same thing with some of the varmint rifles I've had put together that are just you know tack drivers and I mean they're just game changers but as it relates to clothing I mean if you and I were going out to my hunting spot and we got out there and I'm like going through the gate and I'm like oh, I forgot my clothes at home and you go I gotta oh, I gotta set in back you can borrow them that's <laughs> That's just, you know, not serving the clothing benefit well enough. I mean, with Code of Silence, I'm going back. If that happens, I'm going back. I think it's that much of a difference maker and really did never see that context for a living out in clothing. So that was really the 
the the mother of the invention for us. The fact that you had the wherewithal to like and the ability to to do it. Like I have ideas every day, and half of them will die before they ever see the light of anything because it's that's a lot. Like you have to source material, create a supply chain, manufacture. Where are you gonna do it overseas? Here you're gonna import. Like there's just so many variables. You got to design it, test it. Like holy crap! The fact that you decided like I have this idea as a bow hunter of this thing that can make it better, but then from here to reality of what that ends up being, that's a, that's a freaking journey. And, um, hence the three years guys, you know, <laughs> if you remember that, it's like, it, it does take a lot of time. And how's uh, it, how, how's pretty it, much a one man show at that point, you know, Jamie came on here earlier this spring, but that's a lot of, it takes a lot of work, especially when you're, you're kind of trying to invent something. You're really not sure what it looks like. You know, I mean, it, we can talk about the camo, we can talk about the fabrics, we can talk about some of the designs, but it wasn't like you had a template and said, Hey, I'm just going to go mimic this or make something like this. And so it was, I drove a few people crazy. I'll, I'll guarantee that. So I guess that makes me curious. Like, you know what you want to do. You want to make this bow hunting garment. That's going to serve the purpose. And I like be, the word enabled. The be, bow hunter. That's a nice word. Be me. the ultimate, like, this is what you need to do it. What was like, you didn't want to mimic something, but like, what was your bullet list? Like, what were your bullet points of like, it needs to do this. I want this. I want this. I want this. Like, what yeah. were your big ideas that you knew you wanted to hit? Yeah, it's a great question. That's a good question. Um, you know, we, we kind of have the big five, but the, there's probably bigger three inside of that five, Jamie. Yep. You want to talk about that? The biggest thing is, I mean, concealment, silence, and warmth were the three main things that felt there's a, while there's a huge offering out there today, we, we feel like we could do better. And it goes back to the point of, where you're spending a lot of time hiding behind brush and a tree to to hide from your camo, you're losing the whole point of what camouflage is used for. And I think that you know those those are the necessities from a bow hunter is to be silent, is to be warm, so you're out there longer, and to blend in and not be noticed. And those those are what drove code of silence. And inside of that, I would say we broke a lot of rules, you know, or conventional rules or conventional thought, yeah. you know, um, our warmth is in thermal regulations really, I guess, sort of, you know, uh, foundationally considers breathability and, and the use of air um, fundamentally, which pretty basic principles. But when you look at how other people are doing it, it's always about, oh, you know, you have to have this laminate or you have to have this super great wind stopper and, I mean, you guys are bow hunters. You can you can relate to the rubber boot analogy, you know, and love them. Oh, yeah. Yep, free, waterproof, but you know they're the coldest darn things in the world. Mm -hmm. And they in are. Principle, that's really the same thing that that goes on in clothing. It's a different level, but breathability to us, it's about moisture management, you know, and perspiration. And you're always talking about act, activity, get to the stand, and then you're going to sit there for long hours. Primarily, um, as a white as a whitetail bow hunter, that's what you're doing. But, you know, so how do you manage perspiration? Well, to us, it's not about managing, it's about eliminating it. So everything we do is about zero, um, you know, moisture and, and trying to, at least that as a goal, that's almost impossible to hit. But our breathabilities are, are completely different than you'll see in, in most conventional cold weather clothing. Interesting. But if you go to the Arctic, it's funny. I mean, it's like, okay, well, ever you just, you know, you're just thinking for yourself, but I mean, you look at Arctic expeditions and first thing they cut out are some of the laminates and things like that. Number one, they don't need them because it's so cold that moisture is in the form of ice and snow, but the breathe, but the breathability that allows them and the moisture control is, is the difference maker for them. So. 
And do you guys have like a any base layers that that pair with what you have, or like what what layer of like the you know how do you have base layer, mid layer, outer layer? Like how how am I dressing in this you know mid to late season? It's a great question, and that's kind of part of the circle we're really working to close in twenty four. Yep. Primarily, we're in the the outerwear side of it. You know, we have some mid layers and some stuff that that works. You know, okay for for mid layers at this in point. Season, but yeah. you can imagine it was hard enough to get. You know, we have I think eleven styles, twelve styles of clothing out right now, and to have you know two mid layers and then base layer lightweight stuff. I mean, you're in that 40, 50 style range pretty pretty quick, and probably. Uh, probably a second step for us if not third but we're working on that but right now we're focused on the outer outer stuff <clears throat> is the uh so i'm just assuming that your outer layer is designed to be worn in worn out like moisture management's huge is this something that you know you feel like you can walk into the woods with even like on a cold day and like perspiration's not yeah. yeah is it breathing enough because i'm the guy who like i'm a real sweaty guy and anytime i'm doing act- like physical activity <laughs> I, I get super right. hot. Like my whole family is real warm blooded. So like Wisconsin opening day of gun season, I'm in my thermal long underwear packing in all my clothes on my backpack. And it's like four degrees. Exactly. Yep. Like it's that's what I do. And then I put on everything cause nothing. And then I wear, you know, all my warm stuff, none of it really breathes. So I'm not wearing it into the stand. Is that what yours is designed to do is be able to wear it in? Absolutely. Particularly the, you know, the, the upper half or the, or the colder weather side of, we have some, our, our more active series is not necessarily put it on close to the sand or at the sand type stuff. It's built for, you know, walking in more mild conditions where what you just talked about is not quite so critical, but we have full length leg zippers in our bibs and our pants and our upper series. And um, for that exact purpose, I think we've all been there with, it's not about just putting on over the top of boots. It's about boots that are wet on the outside and, and they're snow covered and we know what a, that is to uh, make that happen so definitely prescribing that it's it, yeah that whole system whether it's our clothing is benefiting you and helping you on the moisture management side is, is sort of irrelevant you need to be doing that in any any way you possibly can right. which goes in if i'm not going in cold i know i'm going to get cold when i get there right yes yeah, a really good point is this yeah. so like okay warm concealable silent <laughs> Uh, on the on the consideration of warmth in uh, snowy, rainy conditions, which we'll have in the Midwest, especially in the October, you know, November months, it's it's raining a lot. I mean, I don't remember. I, I remember a lot of Halloween as a kid in the rain, um, which sucked <laughs> as a kid wearing a costume. It's the worst. It's the worst. But <laughs> no, I, yeah, still happening now. I don't think yeah, that's changed. Yeah, but as far as like wearing. Is it is a wool uh, like what's the I mean I don't want you to give me the the you know the recipe to the sausage or the pudding but is it a wool base that it it can get wet or like that'll help wick away that moisture Let's talk about what happens when it gets wet I just want to make sure we're covering off on what people would have questions yep. about Yep. Yep. So all of our products right now are wool composites. We don't have a, a anything that's 100% wool. Um, we would make it 100% wool, but there's other managing factors there in terms of overall durability, washability, price, cost. We put as much wool in it as we possibly can and balance those other factors off. We have some products that are as low as 25% wool and some that are that are over in the mid-50s right now. So uh, we're sort of all over that spectrum, but we don't have anything that we would say is rain gear right now. Um, we do fine when it's, you know, light mist, light 
light moisture. Uh, and we can build waterproof gear with the best of them I have, and that's not a hard thing to do. But right now, with the focus being on quietness and on breathability, um, more cold weather scenarios, kind of building waterproof gear sort of, I don't say it contradicts that. It's just um, not completely consistent with the focus, if that makes sense. No, it, it does. And that's why I'm kind of, so then again, on the, on the ideal whitetail bow hunt excursion, if you will, or adventure or shenanigans, whatever, yeah. <laughs> whatever you're, wherever you're at on yeah, that on spectrum. That spectrum. And we cover <laughs> off on quite a bit of them here. Um, you know, the, I think the, the silent quiet part and I, and I, you'll have to validate this for me because I've, I've done a small amount of research, but I've also read a little bit about the way that your um, camouflage and, and garments absorb light. Whereas some others, may reflect light and we were just talking about how derek was showing up on his trail cam in some capacities i don't know if he's washed his clothes with something that has like that uv detergent um and then he was kind of like his white top was uh, or his top was like white not i wouldn't say glowing but white but your camo pants were fine so clearly there is something to that and i don't know if that's a light uv thing or what have you well, but I'm it's, curious. it's material most of the time you know if it's a, a rayon or something like that it just has a tendency to reflect light no matter what type of light it is hmm. and to echo greg right yes yeah fabrics is everything with that and there is definitely something to the light absorbency story um you know that everyone's talking uv type stuff but where we talk about our big three silence warmth and camouflage or concealment the light absorbency story is probably the biggest part of our camouflage story would you it, agree it, yeah and I being mean, and what, fully transparent it probably didn't start out there you know we didn't realize i don't think we could deliver the level of difference in concealment that we are right and we really just kind of wanted to do what we thought were best practices you know i believe me i had more clothing in my hands, probably hunting clothing and anyone else that I ever have heard of in, in 30 years and thousands of styles. But this, you know, sort of my go-to over the years, things that, that rose to the top were the, were the jacquard knitted fabrics, the high pile fabrics that just naturally, you know, um, absorb light much. The, the woods are hundred percent organic. They're hundred percent porous. And it only makes sense that, you know, having, natural componentry and and less synthetics would allow you to mimic the reflectances and absorbances found in the woods i mean it's really why you can't see a deer sometimes when they're right below you and you got to see the listen for the leaves to crackle and go she's right oh she's right there now and it's the same principle um really that's going on on light absorbances um it's why waterfowlers you know 10 years ago started going into flock head flocked heads versus plastic heads because the waterfowl, you know, apparently we're no, noticing the difference. And I think there's a lot to be defined here and a lot to be leveraged and a lot to be benefited um, from as a, as a bow hunter. I honestly tell anybody, if they ask me why I buy the clothing, it's like, oh, it's really warm, it's really quiet, it's really form fitting, it's got great features, it's got great function. Concealment really looks cool. The effect of white-tailed deer particularly, which I've tested the most, to go visually undetected is completely different than anything else I've ever worn. And that's saying a lot. That, that that's might a be... pretty hard statement to make, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah but that, that's speaking to 30 years of experience. Honest, I'm like, uh, it's a, it's a, 
it's a big deal. Yep. But we're we're really in the in the laboratories on this right now, trying to understand fully and completely what's going on. But Camo's always had two legs on the stool. It's always been about color and it's always been about pattern. And there might be some people generally saying, oh, I like the fact this is a little faded, a little drab, a little whatever, but no one's really gone down that that path to say, you know, why does, what, what is, what does good light absorbance mimicry look like in the woods? And that's what we're really all in on right now. That's something I definitely wouldn't have really thought about. Like, I think you subconsciously can notice that. Like, you watch a whole bunch of hunting videos, watch YouTube stuff all the time, and <clears throat> there's pretty popular camel brand that has the attached hoods that guys are always using, and it's all synthetic, very smooth material. Mm -hmm. And you can see it's because it's, it's, well, it's just you can see shiny. the human outline so right. much easier, right? Like on something like <laughs> Shimmer and Shine. That's my daughter's favorite yeah. show. And that's what that camel's well, doing up there. <laughs> oh, I was thinking about uh, Moana. Oh, yeah, you were crab. singing Moana for sure. Anyway. Why we don't think about that, and I don't know. You guys can call me crazy for thinking this, but I mean, the reality is, is we don't view camouflage in the way of being a tool or an enabler for us. We view it as kind of a look good, feel good. And that's what this, it's more been a style side. We call it almost like wearing a uniform versus wearing a tool. Like that's, that's why we don't think of it. And that, that's a really good point. And I'll interject because I think I fall into that camp and I don't think about it like a uniform, but it is the clothing that I keep separate from my, my other clothing. It is the clothing that sits in a bin for, you know, nine, 10 months out of the year that comes out. And I'm like, this is my clothing that Ooh, now I'm excited. It's going to be hunting season. Ooh, I get to wear this. It can get dirty. I can get burrs on it. It can get blood on it. Like, this is my safe clothing that I can wear without my wife saying, you ruin your nice clothes um, <laughs> to some effect. But there's also arguments about, like, you know, plaid. Or do you even need camo at all? And, and to what degree right. and so forth. And obviously, you can get it done a lot of ways. But it, I, this is an interesting uh, thought process when we consider the podcast that we're on the OKS Hunter podcast, because some would say, you know, that's OK, sometimes we can't afford this or we shouldn't be doing that or I can go to Walmart and, and that's all good and dandy. Um, right. And I think the White Tail Adrenaline guys have done a good job just kind of making stuff happen by playing chess with these deer. Uh, but at the end of the day, some of us need more tools, tools than others to get the job done and we need all the help we can get. <laughs> so like, <laughs> there's a spectrum in that argument there that I could I could get on board with a bunch of them. Um, yeah. But one of the comments that just came through, and I'll toss it up on the screen, and I don't, you know, this is, I hope it doesn't put you just in like an awkward spot, but I'm, it is a question, and it's a question from a listener. The real question is, you know, are they affordable? And that's relative. Like, is a pack of gum affordable in our economy? No, I'll just deal with the bad breath. Sorry, everybody. But, like, you know, choices yeah. are made. <laughs> so this was not intentional. Um, it goes back, honestly, to Derek when you were talking about develop like you you were almost going down the pathway of development right all of the things that go into development and making it efficient to bring something that we believe is is a hole and a need for the consumer to life and that's what's so cool about this job our expertise is in development is in manufacturing side it's, it's within you know the resources that we have between the three of us that have run this are able then to bring to life really good quality products at an affordable price our i mean we can we can sell a top and a bottom for the same price as the top of a higher end competitor and 
without meaning without to. I mean, meaning it, it wasn't to. like, right. we like it was not or anything. It's it was just... not intentional for us to see, you know, I come from a product strategy and product development hat for years. And it usually you look at the competitive landscape and say, where can we position this? And also where's the gap within the need, right? It focuses organically on the need for bow hunters and happen to be with the expertise and efficiencies within our manufacturing capabilities to say, now we can actually offer this at a price that everyone's going to be like, wait, really? And I, we talk about this all the time. So to Nick's question, yes, it is affordable, something we're super proud of. This was not intentional for us to dig at anybody that's out there within the huge landscape that our brand is in, but we're very proud to be able to offer quality products at an affordable price with, and, and it really came from a true intention of just solving the need for the bow hunter. Well, running, running a business is really challenging. Margins play a big role in your ability to scale and serve a consumer market. And, you know, we sell a $30 hat and we'll get comments on our ads that are like, yeah, you guys got 80% profit margin in that hat. I can go buy it for six bucks. I'm like, bro, you can buy it for six bucks. You will put me out of business. Because right. that is yeah. not a thing. Like, let me cost. tell you. Let me tell you a little bit about landed costs on a hat. That's thirty dollars. Yeah. Like, our yeah, margins ain't that thick. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. the reality. Like, shit's expensive. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of time and effort and energy that goes in this stuff. From, from literally product design should be a part of the factorization. But where is it getting manufactured? How is it getting put put together? Yeah. What is the shipping cost to get this shit to you? You know, and, and where is it being stored? What's the warehousing cost? Like, there's so many pieces from even something like a simple hat that people are like. Yeah, right. I can get that for $6. Like, no, you cannot. Not maybe if you get in your DeLorean that I've said three times now and go back to 1987, you could buy a hat for six bucks. Um, and, job, and probably Doc. look the damn same, actually, because that's what we're mimicking. Like, we've come full circle from a fashion sense. We're now back in 1970, um, which I think is kind of fun, actually. Great, Scott. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But we were having some fun chatting before we hit the record button talking about different camo brands and could you rattle some of those off again like that was pretty nostalgic <laughs> like i said i mean you guys mentioned jim crumley and i know jim uh, really well i've hunted with him a couple couple different times um he's just a, a an unbelievable guy and and uh but he was kind of the king guy when i started you know we were selling tree bark camouflage woodland tiger stripe you know they were kind of the big ones you, jim, um both toxie and bill had started he had bottom land and and then I mean Bill had camouflage with you know it was when he came out with green leaf real tree, which was putting the real tree on the just the bark white pattern that he had at that time. I'm talking about Bill. And that was a big deal in 1990 ish. Mm-hmm. And um you know I remember it was just, thinking that was the cool stuff. You know, oh my dad's giving me this hand me down, you know, bark pattern. I'm like I want the yep. cool stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, we have the VHS tapes, like Monster yes. Bucks from back, you know, yep. from 1990, from way back. And I remember them rolling out the new patterns in the beginning of those Always. videos. And it was like, oh, my God, it looks like a real tree. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> it's got more gray in it. It's got more brown in it. It's got green in it. Yeah, exactly. Is that a real leaf? And then it was photorealism. And that was eight colors or better than six. And 10 yeah. were better than eight. And 12 is better than – and went all the way up to 15. And now we're back to – no, we got you, you got to like the originals. Those are the way to go. Now we're back to going back to the, the retro, <laughs> retro like four yeah. colors. Of the Seriously, yeah. like you mentioned, Skyline Camo and then Predator Camo is another one that's out there. Fleet's Absolutely. another one that's kind of got that same kind of vibe 
First Light's got several different types, and then you get into the more digital stuff that Gore has out there. There's so many different things. We talked about how yours sorts of sort of absorbs light, or it absorbs light. And what what's the scoop with your pattern? What's yours like? It's a great question. Yeah. Um, you know, and actually, you know, in my uh, career at Cabela's, we had a lot of our own internal camouflages, dozens of them actually, um, which were really more created from the sourcing side than they were, you know, I mean, they were great patterns. We worked hard on them, but for a while there to compete, we really had to take advantage of, of supply chain and there was too many regulations in it. So a lot of it had to do with just freeing up, you know, our ability to go and, and source fabrics and, and do manufacturing where we wanted to. But anyway, um, really wanted to change the game when we came out with our camel. We knew we needed something unique and different. Um, hopefully better, which is hard to do after there's literally been thousands of camouflages introduced. But we're proud of the fact that our camo is not Ev's art or Jamie's art or or someone's art, which is primarily how things have been done. I mean, there's some computer generated stuff out there, but it's usually, you know, like the old um, educational TV. I'm, I'm going to put a leaf here. It's a tree here. And that's kind of. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's sort of how it went. Call that a know? happy accident. So yeah. It sounds like Bob Ross. Yes, happy yes. little tree here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's where I was trying to go. And <laughs> we went to and said, what, you know, what does this camo need to do? And it was really about tree stand hunting. So we said, well, and one day we were just talking about, well, how high is a tree stand? So we started talking to semi-informal, but we wanted to be precise. And we talked to... Uh, our network people came up with about 100 samples of tree stand heights and came out with um, an average tree stand height to 14.8 feet, which you put a six foot average person in that belt line height to 17.8, rounded up to 18. And then we looked at the most common trees in kind of a target area in the Midwest and looked at the branch sizes and density at that 18 foot mark. And that, that drove the element composition and the pattern. Um, and then the colors came from those same trees we're, because we're knit, as we talked about earlier, we, we only have four color capabilities. So that was pretty prescribed where we just said, hey, we need to take the, you know, kind of bookend it with a light and a dark. That's the most common. And then the two most common middle colors. And that drove the colors and the pattern and the rest is history. Um, it's called S18, which stands for stand 18. And uh, but it is, you know, it is a scientific approach. Even though people tell you science, it's like, well, what's the science? And I just told you what our science was. And um, I think we're proud of the fact that it's 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 not our internal camo. It's it's more from research and how pe how people are sitting in trees. Yeah, because I imagine a number of folks probably look at who the suppliers are, what the materials are, what they can get, and they can just go to market. I'm not going to name yeah. a brand here, but um, you know, I, I I cruise through Alibaba sometimes, and. Uh, I know it's a camel pattern over there that I've never seen anywhere else. I've never seen it. I thought, oh, it's kind of interesting. Could look, I'm, I'm looking like what could look cool on a hat. Like I'm not trying to make a camouflage company, just for the record. Okay, <laughs> like that's, I have no wherewithal to do that. That being said, probably like a month after that, and I know I shared it with my my business partner Tyler. I'm like, dude, look at this camel. This is I've never seen this. A month later, I sent a screenshot of where I've seen it in in the wild, so to speak, and I'm like. Look who's going to Alibaba for their camouflage. <laughs> was there a <laughs> the company? I'm not going to say the name because I'm not trying to dog anybody. I'll show you guys later. But um, it, 
it just goes to show like a, a number of businesses are probably looking at what's available to them and then working backwards from that, which is not how you're approaching it at all, which is good. Um, not to say the others are bad, but it's not, it's not with that scientific consumer mind of like being a value add or an enabler of a bow hunter. It's more of like an enabler of like, how can we make more money with a new fun, cool pattern? That's different, you know, and how technical can then you, can you get when you're using the same supplier overseas that everyone is using with the same supply chain? Like there's only so much you can do to tweak that unless you are Gore, which is like what a $4 billion company that's different, you know? Um, and I imagine some interface with them, but not at the level of others. So it's like, how deep are your pockets? How much capital can you get to, can you raise to really do this? And I think I have to imagine you guys are fairly scrappy. I don't know how deep your pockets are, Ev, but I imagine what you've done here is less to do with the capital and more to do with the science you just talked about, which I find to be really awesome. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was one piece at a time, you know, and it was like going back, we said, you know, here's kind of the big three and, concealment being one of them and said, you know, we have to do the pattern. So that was a project that took two years, but had some local people that sort of, sort of took our visions and our information and, and, um, you know, put it into a, put it into art, you know, or into a, a schematic that we could actually create, you know, fabric from. And same thing with designs. I mean, really proud of the fact that, you know, networks are a big deal. I've, mm -hmm. I've had a great career and, and, uh, of making the best out of friends and, and acquaintances and, and no different here. We have some design people that have some I've um, met 20 years ago and stayed in contact and they're just, they're excited to be a part of it. And it goes back to that question too on affordability. That's really why we can do it. I mean, it's yeah. not saying we're completely vertical, but the design of the clothing's in house, or the, the vision's in house. I just got back from the factory. I'll be sending samples out to the design person in the FedEx box, walked over and dumped it off. I mean, it's, we're truly a two and a half person team, three person <laughs> team. We have a we have a partner named Darren over in Iowa that um, is great, great guy and has done an awful lot. He's he's full time farmer too, so he's in a combine tonight. But, <laughs> Where um, are you guys located, by the way? Where are you? We're in Sydney, Nebraska. Nebraska. Okay. okay. We never left. I I moved in into Sydney in '87, and and uh, so where I'd be here a year and. <laughs> right. it's like the same thing when i moved out here 10 yeah. years ago i was like i'm not staying out here and well yeah. we have a big antelope out here though that's made, it's made a little easier that's pretty cool pretty fun well yeah. part part of this uh podcast title is october low because i was trying to bolt on some other fun stuff here and we're in the 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 smack dab middle of october and i don't know how low like it is well here's here's my my transition to the october low and to something Jamie brought up before, I was thinking about your Alibaba camo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like how, you know, people are trying to just jump into whatever looks cool, you know, try to make a penny. I get it. I get it. And I think the reason that that works so well is Jamie mentioned before that your camo is kind of your uniform. Like guys, a lot of guys like, oh, I'm going hunting. I need camo. So you just wear a camo. The camo is not really thought of as a tool. We've had this conversation oh, many yeah, times. Oh, yeah, and I have slightly different I, viewpoints We have it. very different viewpoints because my camo is absolutely my tool. Mm -hmm. um, I think about it. I'm a visual artist as well as you. Yep. Like, I, I, I'm an art teacher, so the visual impact of camouflage has always intrigued me, and I've always thought of it. Um, but the October lull thing, so, like, my encounter the other day with that big buck, mm -hmm. I work really hard to scout and find these deer and get on these deer. Why would I chance anything 
with the limited time that we have, right. why would I chance the visual element, which is so important to me? I'm a very visual person. So it makes sense that I would use my camouflage as a tool as much as 100%. possible to not let that be a factor at all. So like October law, it's hard enough to get on a deer per the experts because the deer are not moving. But like the camo is everything for me. Like, And you have different. So and Derek, just for, for reference here, Derek has several different camos for different scenarios trees skylines mm -hmm. time of season like you have a number of different oh yeah like he's got the most hodgepodge <laughs> I do. mixture of camouflage <laughs> it makes sense it makes sense <laughs> when he throws it out there you know I, i've got some old fleet stuff if i'm hunting in a birch tree or you know i know i'm going to be skyline more i would wear that shirt over all my other stuff well, we've got uh, we got so many dead oaks in all of our lowland stuff. We had the emerald ash borer come through a number of years ago. Most of them are falling down. But in a lot of these areas that we would consider transitions or bedding areas, there's tons of dead ash trees and the only trees you can hunt in. Right. Well, you wear any kind of real tree or dark, blotchy camo, you stand out black skyline like crazy from any direction, but you throw on snow camo that's mostly white, they never look up at you. No. Yes. It's wild. And I don't know. I can't believe more people don't. Like the uniform comment Jamie made was like spot on. So many people don't really think of it as like a tool. You just put on camo. I like, think of I it as like, camo. I just bought this expensive ass camo system pattern, whatever. I'm freaking wearing this. And it, at some point it actually is a, a detriment because it's like, it doesn't matter where I'm going because that's all I have. Yeah. And, and you know, so like having, if I had the, the, the cash, I'd probably buy a whole bunch of camo. My shit's just prepared. all old junk you from know, right? thrift stores. I've stuff. actually found I could be more diverse in my uh, coloration by just buying a bunch of flannels that match because they're cheap. I can get a flannel for 20 bucks. But like, this is it. This is why our podcast is so fun, I think, because we cover the between the three of us. We have different viewpoints. We have different styles um, and different approaches and different camouflages like we are agnostic. Um and there's room for, for a lot of different viewpoints and thoughts. And uh, it's why it's fun to do what we do here because we can flesh out any conversation we want and people can take it how they want to. You do darn well in your flannels. I'll give you that. You do darn well. I'm very, I'll take, like I've said, I'll take luck any day of the week and I'll, ha I'll happily <laughs> luck my way into a book. But yeah, there you go. we do have a caller on the line. If you guys want to entertain a caller, uh, we have... He's a he's a regular, um, and he's called in from the stand before after having shot at a doe. So I'm going to bring him in. It's Noah, and uh, hopefully Noah's got some good questions for you guys. Noah, welcome to the show. You're live, man. How you doing? Oh, just great. Had a great night out in the stand. You coming in? You, you're just coming off the stand right now, aren't you? Yep, just right now. <laughs> I can hear it in your breath. <laughs> well... I have a little uh, seven-pointer actually walk about 10 feet in front of my stand tonight. But I let him walk. Hey, your tag, your hunt, buddy. Yeah, man. You know, you do. Yep, you. yep. I can't say I would have done the same at this point right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I was I was tempted. He was, he was great broadside. Just I have bigger stuff up north that I'm trying to hunt up there. So it's. That was a tough decision, to be honest. Good night just to watch and enjoy. Yep. Yeah, that's always nice, too. Then you can feel content. Yep. What are you wearing for camouflage? So, right now, I'm actually wearing uh, some Cabela stuff. Uh, nice. All my first flight. Yeah, uh, 
my base layer I'm normally doing first light. Uh, I bought some more of their stuff this year. Um, and right now it's just fellow stuff because all my first light stuff was in the wash today. Stay away from those UV brighteners. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm, I'm sure you guys have alluded to it. I'm looking at picking up some Sitka stuff, but uh, it's a little pricey. Yeah. A little. It's the most pricey stuff on the entire market, <laughs> and you're not going to the Arctic. There, there It's over-engineered for, the, for what it is. I think it'll do the job, but it, you probably don't need it. It'd be like... You know, my six-year-old hopping in a Ferrari, it's just not necessary. You know, it can go the well, distance, you just don't need it. But I think talking to these guys, you might change your mind a little bit. Yeah, I'll definitely take a look at these guys. But uh, to change your mind about that there, Eric, uh, last year for the opener for gun season, you know, it was up cold. in Tomahawk. Yeah, it was negative I know what it degrees. was, yeah. <laughs> it's a 15-mile-an-hour wind. <laughs> it was windy. Yeah, it, it was, was real windy. It was a little, little wicked. That uh, that Sitka stuff might have uh, helped a little bit that day. No way, man! Because come hell or high water, I'm getting down to go eat lunch regardless. Oh, there it is. There it is. There it is. No matter how many little debbies are in Eric's back, they're never gonna. I either gotta poop, never... pee, or eat, and I'm getting down and walking back and warming him over. Up. Take a nap in the truck, head back up. But I'll wait till the other guys go. I can hang on a little longer, but it's gonna happen. Truck's never too far, guys. I shot all my biggest bucks in Wisconsin between <laughs> 10 and 2. Between 10 <laughs> and 2. Uh, thanks for the call, Noah. We appreciate you, man. Good luck out there, buddy. Yeah, no problem. Thanks, Noah. Thanks, Noah. It's good stuff. It's always fun to get callers calling. I know he's a good, he's a, he's a good patron of our – he comes to our trade show booth. He comes to our foam fest. He calls him the podcast. we got to get him some more hoodies. Yeah. Where's he, where's he from, guys? I didn't catch that. He's from Wisconsin here. Somewhere here in Wisconsin. I don't remember where, but – Cool. Love it. And probably told me on his caller ID. I could probably take a look. Madison is where his caller mm-hmm. ID says, so maybe I'm giving away too much. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Madison. Pretty big, pretty big spot. Go on, Madison. <laughs> but no, it's uh I don't know. Yeah. I love the cold weather questions. I mean I've yeah, I think I've frozen as much or more than anyone else out there. And it's such a quest for me to kind of figure that whole deal out. And not that I know more about it than anyone or smarter about it than anyone. But, you know, to me, there's, there's a lot of cool stuff that, that, you know, you can do. And it's, it's almost as much of a hunt to learn how to, I mean, it's like the guys that go in the back country, you know, and how do I live back here for 10 days and carry that all on my back. And for me, it's almost like that with cold weather hunting the tree stand, you know, how can I sit at six below for eight hours? And I mean, everything matters as we've kind of our com- company slogan at this point, but particularly when it's that cold and it, it's a really, it's a really fun science in and of itself for us. And we're really happy with the way the gear does in those conditions, by the way, but it's, it's way beyond our gear. It's just, I think for us, it's a big philosophy and a science and kind of a quest to, to dial that in. Well, we'd love to, we'd love to try it out. We'll have to talk about that offline, but uh, yeah. we, do, we do have another caller and I, I don't know if I know this caller. Uh, it says, Nathan on the caller ID will bring him on. Nathan, you're live on the podcast. You got any questions for Code of Silence here while we got him on? I just got to, uh, I might get crucified for this one, but I just got a question about saddle hunting. I'm kind of getting into it and I want to know what your guys' thoughts are on it, on if it's a good idea or a bad idea. Depends on who you talk to uh, on this particular <laughs> day of the week. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Who do you want to answer so, that question? <laughs> I'm a big fan. Uh, anybody can answer this question. So I, I've looked into it. So it's pretty much the same thing as an arborist would use to going up in a tree. Correct. So would it be a bad idea to use just tree spikes instead of using the ladder sticks if, to go up the if, tree? If you're instead of keeping it, if you're uh, allowed to do so on your public, if you're hunting public land like here, we're not allowed to use tree spikes. It's got to be. It's got to be sticks that are removable, nothing that can harm the tree, so to speak. Okay, um, okay. But if you're doing it on private land, I mean, you know, it, it's up to the landowner, I guess. Uh, but I, I know a buddy, okay. I have a buddy that's an arborist, and that's what he uses. I've watched him go up and down trees real fast. Yeah, they're a great option if it's legal in yeah. your area. Great option. You're still going to want Cause, something. Because I'm in Kentucky, because it's like, I'm like Northern part of Kentucky. So I'm literally like in the corner of like Indiana and Ohio. You're right by the go wild boys. Talk to them. Um, but no, okay. I, I think I, try it. Like you, man, if you were closer, you'd come to foam fest and we, we hang a bunch of them that people can literally shoot from, which is unique in the sense you can go to trade show, but you're not gonna shoot your bow from them. Mm-hmm. They'll have them on the telephone poles on the trade show floor and you can get in and get out of it, but you're not drawing your bow back and letting one rip. Um, but I would say right. that's, there's enough people around you. Like if, if you are on the go wild app, um, I would put a note on there as a, a question to the community. You're going to get a lot of good positive feedback. And then from there, you might be close enough to some of those boys where they might give you a couple to try or something like that, or find some people okay. in your community to like, you got to try it out for yourself to know. And I highly, highly recommend a two panel setup because one is like a diaper. Okay. And it just feels awkward. Like you can't pull it down enough. You can't get your adjustability. So that's my that's my personal biggest recommendation. Speaking from experience on hunting on a boat, they uh, they absolutely have their place. Like I've got my saddle and I've got my hang on. Um, I think to be honest, something that I've never really mentioned before, but I think being a shorter guy, I it's it's a lot harder for me to swing and like I don't have the yeah. distance from the tree right. to get around my bridge and to go to my weak side. Uh, my little T Rex arms are just not cutting it. <laughs> but I, if you're a taller guy, oh, like, I don't like, hear that. <laughs> yeah. Happy. yeah, I'm not a tall guy, and it's not working great for me. But it yeah. definitely has its place. Well, and even too, like to your point, you love the two panel. I love it too, but we're taller guys. Yeah. Where smaller person might not like that two panel because it's drooping and falling in weird places you know um maybe a single panel will be fine for him you know good point you're hunting out of a single panel aren't you or is i was not anymore okay (laughs) no fair enough (laughs) no not after last weekend (laughs) not after sunday no forget it well cool that's yeah because i've been trying to get on here for like the past like not joke like the past month because every time i've got on that Either I was getting out of the stand and thought you guys were broadcasting, got all excited, was like driving out <laughs> so I could get service. And then it was already said done. I was like so daggone mad. I was like, this is taking forever. And finally the night I was sitting here watching. I was like, all right, I'm definitely calling for the night just to get this question to figure out to ask about it. Yeah, if you're not yeah. on Go Wild, I highly recommend joining Go Wild. You pose a question there. It's different than putting in a Facebook group. You're going to have a, a really positive outcome. You can pose that as a question under the deer hunting, you know. Uh, and you have the ability to see where people are close to yeah, somewhere. You can, Somebody you will the, offer. You can filter to, like, to nearby, and yep. then people Guaranteed. will. Someone will. I, I don't want to guarantee, but I want to guarantee it that someone's going to say, "Hey, man, I have a couple. You can try them out." Yeah. Okay. Awesome. I appreciate it. You guys, keep doing what you're doing, and in all honesty, if you guys ever come up towards North Kentucky, need a place to hunt, I got about a 500 acre farm that I can. Have anyone come out and hunt. So if you guys need a place and you're in a pinch, 
Oh, we'll fuck it all up. Yeah, we'll, yeah. You want to bring us? There. Just hunt on the other side. Send us one way. Yeah, no, go the other way. Take, take, take the good stuff. Take the good stuff. Leave us. Thanks for the call. I'm dead serious. Like, if you guys need it, it thank you. Want a place to come hunt? That guy allows anybody to come out there. So that's and awesome. It's amazing place to hunt. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, man. Great, good man. luck this thank season. Thank you. Well, yeah. But I'll be. I'll keep calling into you guys and. If we're you guys not, need yeah. to reach out or anything, I'll, I'll hit you up on Instagram or anything. We're here every Tuesday, man. You know how to find us. Cool, man. Good deal. Okay. Good luck. All right. Awesome, guys. Great talking to you. you Thanks too. for yes. the Have input. a good night. See you yeah. bet. Well, it wasn't as much about camo as it was saddle. Sorry, guys. But, that is uh, fun, though. No, that's like, cool. That is really cool. Hey, but we, here's a question related to the saddles and their camo. So one thing I've noticed about, like, uh, oh, gosh, now I don't remember the word. What's the word uh, that you use to describe your wool blend? It's like a uh, pilled. Pil- or... It's a pill. Right? Pile. Piled. Piled. Yeah. So like, like, like carpet. Because you're using air as an insulator and a breathability. So like in a saddle, you're compressing, you're compressing all of that. that. So yes, like you in are. your bibs and whatnot, like mm. is that going to make a difference on a real cold day? Like you think that's going to gonna get a cold cheeks or what's going on there? I mean, most times in the saddle, I think you do. Probably where the pressure points are definitely will be. I mean, hip. Hip pinch is always a thing, no matter what saddle you wear. But it, yeah, anywhere that it's going to be compressed, I would imagine it would be. But it felt really weird. They're the experts, not me. Last year compared to bow hunting, we can sure double up the insulation. We can have a new for twenty five. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that one, you know, people are trying on in the store with the big know. padded button. They might not like that look. <laughs> I think you're onto something. I've I've actually heard feedback from people who were passionate. But he, even. Even sitting in a tree stand, you know, even even if you have an insulated butt pad, if you're sitting, you're still compressing your layers. Yep. True. Here's something interesting, though. Like, I'll get in the saddle, and I won't be fully, tr- like, I won't have everything on. I'll sometimes put stuff on over my saddle, and that doesn't bode super well because of, like, no. the way things fall into place with your lineman belt and all that stuff. Like, gosh, that'd be a really tiny market, but, like... Boy, wouldn't that be neat if one of the saddle companies made a garment that, like, paired with a brand like yours that was designed to go over some of those ropes in such a way where you could zip up and still be concealed in? Well, you already know my story. I get sweaty setting up, so, like, I don't ever wear my outer layer climbing up and hooking on my saddle, but then you can't ever get your outer layer in the saddle when you get up there. there. That's why you shouldn't put your jacket on. Hang on. It is a Hang on. You have your, your, uh, what's that thing on your back? The tether? Your... Safety, safety harness. harness yeah safety harness. like a monkey on a string but a lot of these companies and i'm sure code of silence is the same way they made sure that they have a, a so they, opening they, in yeah, the back so a lot of people already so that's been a thing so like tr- at some point someone's like gosh wouldn't it be great if someone makes me for a tree sun hunter to have this thing come out the back here i am saying it on the record okay i'm not the guy with the the wherewithal to go execute against it but the idea is out there someone could probably fabricate something the saddle jacket. that could work the saddle jacket there you have it. The hey, late season saddle okay. jacket. If you guys make one in Grandpa Plaid, I think you got your first customer. Right <laughs> yes. here. There you go. We'll call it the Eric series. Yes. There don't, we go. Don't call it that. You'll never sell anything. <laughs> um, we're all ears. We really are. Yeah. I mean, I, we're, you know, we don't do a lot of saddle hunting in this part of the country, but. Um, it is a booming, uh, booming market. Let me tell you. Like, oh, yeah. oh it's huge. No, it's, Lots yeah. of people. It's ridiculous using, how many people, That's how many companies blew up over COVID. You know, just like everything else, there's mm-hmm. a ton of them. Oh, I thought of another question for these guys. Um, I don't know. I haven't been out 
trekking across the prairies of South Dakota very often. Do you guys have like stick tights and burrs? Like how does that, like I hunt in Illinois a lot and the burrs and briars and yeah. multiflora rows are just What's that thick. company? The, 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 burr, the burr paw? The bear paw, burr paw? Yeah. Like, can you, does can that I buy work that on your, your product? Like I'm imagining your, it, I mean. It does, any... it does fairly well. We've, we've actually played with that product with our, with our fabrics and actually uh, we go to the Iowa Deer Classic every year and that guy's shown there. And so we walked, you know, on over in his booth and um tested it out we do not you know that's probably not one of our 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 best um attributes of the product we because of the high pile and the, the oh yeah yeah that's a, that's a yeah, tough one to get around yeah but it's a lot why we do the leg zips and stuff right so, yeah you know if you are in those in those scenarios and where it's almost unmanageable you know, carrying your gear in, which I know can be tough if it's not that cold. It's like, well, what do you want me to wear? Just, you know, pair of shorts and then, I'm, you know, kind of you have a bigger problem then with trying to walk through spurs. But uh, there's there's ways around it, I guess. And we think and we can build bird proof. There's like waterproof stuff. We can build bird proof stuff with the best of them. But, you know, you're not going like yeah, to like the trade off. And I are not going to like the the visual side of it. And there's that balance. And we do have some. um I guess not to steal our own thunder for next year, but we do have some some flatter fabrics that we're pretty proud of right now. They're going to allow us to get into um, earlier season stuff, more race active, layers, yep. more active stuff. Where good, they're not going to be bird proof stuff by any means, but they're not going to be quite. That, That's tough to get know. around. I, I didn't ask the question. Really, obviously, sorry. Go ahead, Jamie. I was going to say I would challenge somebody to say too, like who builds clothing, like tell me a, a pair of a that is burr resistant yes yeah there's always a trade-off i mean you want to be warm you want to be quiet there's a trade-off you're going to catch burrs it's until predator falls out of the sky from outer space like we're just always going to be you know i walked into a a seven foot tall burdock plant in the dark the other night i mean i was covered in them bring a predator from outer space i actually (laughs) googled that and showed a student predator the movie today as a reference it's very strange you brought that up don't ask me why i brought it up it's a point i mean i'm like he's on to something here oh man that guy had the ultimate concealment almost as good as code of silence I think yeah, I mean, the holographics and shit. Bring that up. I do. I use that. I use that. I I've had some predator moments in our camo. I really have. It's like you're covered in you know, mud. Like the first time we yeah, 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 covered totally. in mud. Yeah, the Arnold version. Signatures all messed up. They don't know yeah. where you are. Yeah, I just love it. You're in movies that are like in my era. So yeah. you know. oh, that's yeah, a great buddy. movie. Great I movie. Watch a movie every time. I get lost in my wife's like, "Have you seen it like 18 times?" Like, yeah, but I like I two I years ago. I don't remember. Watch flashback to childhood, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger was just on the the Daily Stoic podcast. For anyone that cares about, ain't got time stuff. to bleed. Ain't got time to bleed. Exactly. We <laughs> <laughs> got time for that. Billy. Uh, I think Jesse, that's Jesse. Billy. That's Jesse. Yes. Yeah. I think it'd be cool if you guys did sell the burr paw or a burr paw with your camouflage, saying, "Hey, look, we recognize that we've given you all of these strengths, but with those strengths come weaknesses, and the deficiency that we have is." You might get some burrs. Here's a great tool to remove it. Just much like a broadhead company might sell you broadheads with a pack of band-aids for dipshits like me that cut themselves. <laughs> that is a brilliant marketing. I When I got G5 stuff, I was like, this is brilliant. Like, why didn't right. I think of that? There, I had an idea the other day about selling toilet paper with something, but I couldn't remember what the idea Do was. Do you guys see uh, Bomar's new broadheads? He sells two little finger pockets to come with them because they're so they open at like 750 miles per hour. So cut right to your bone. So he sells these little blades. Wow. 
Yeah, Josh Bomar's got his broadheads. It just came out. I'm just waiting for him to use the buck grunt tube that he bought from us in Iowa. Uh, man, if there's a video with that OKS Hunter, Matt Shrine, <laughs> bow grunt, that's going to be amazing. I'm waiting for him to light something on fire. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to light our buck grunt tube on fire with his mouth. <laughs> Gasoline somehow. <laughs> exactly. Oh, this is where the bourbon starts kicking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We give him all the stunt ideas. I'm just kidding. We don't. No one can be that uh, reckless. <laughs> I beg to differ. Well, he does listen to the show from time to time. No way. The literal time you mentioned him once, he commented, and I was like, "Very good, his ass beat." <laughs> He's a huge dude. It's fine. Uh, well, you, get hit, you just get right back up. It's fine. Yeah, uh, not by that guy. I'm gonna stay down for a while. Enjoy the stars. Make a nice night up north. Sorry, we take the podcast to weird places, guys. Thanks for hanging out with us. No judgment. <laughs> Nick asked uh, he said where is Coda Silence out of I think we answered that it's Nebraska right yeah 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 yep. Western right still in Sydney Jamie actually lives in Lodgepole but it's really Old close yeah. yeah tiny little town yeah you'd wonder how whitetail bow hunting you know company was, was formed right here <laughs> we don't have a lot of trees but <laughs> that's what I thought was so funny when you were talking about the science behind the camel and the average stand height being 18 feet I was like well they must have went elsewhere to measure <laughs> I don't think they got a stand you can get 18 feet in <laughs> uh, yep yep no for sure that's and cool. the website is just codeofsilence.com correct yes sir yep yep okay I'm looking at it right now free shipping on orders of 200 bucks nice work good stuff yeah, you guys got. I'll put it. I'll put up on the screen here because no one knows what I'm talking about. Uh, give me just a moment, and we will. Here's our products behind us. I guess. Yeah. There you go. Yep. Yeah. your products behind you have actually blended in really damn well. So it's yeah. Do you like, want to? you want to grab one and like bring it a little bit closer to the camera, maybe, so we can get a better well, look at yeah. it? I gotta yeah. say, before you do that, I oh, I, you brought it up on the screen. I really like this vest. Oh, yeah. Not. Wow. Thanks. That's something that I like. I'm so the Zone 7 dialed-in bib, is yeah. that one of your, like, cold-weather gear bibs? It's kind of our uh, – it's, it's not our heaviest product. You know, we built – that's new. It's a new series this year. We have our Zone 7, which was kind of our workhorse. It's called the Zone 7 Versa Series because it just was so versatile. You wear it by itself when it was kind of, you know, low 40s, really. I've hunted all the way down to – upper single digits you got to stretch it pretty hard to and layer a lot to get it to work in those cold conditions mm -hmm. and i'm like i think last year is i think it was noah was saying you know how cold it was and he's right i mean we spent a lot of time in tree stands at seven degrees last year and just felt like we were pushing our zone seven too hard so we wanted to and plus we had a lot of requests for a bib in the zone seven series so we said let's just raise it a notch and and so we came out with the dialed in parka and then the dialed in bib this is actually four layers, which goes into uh, a lot about, you know, we talked about thermal efficiency, air being, you know, key to that. But there's four layers in this, but more importantly, there's, you know, three air layers between those four layers. So you can, not as not as beneficial as having a, you know, a huge air layer, but those those four layers in themselves, it's amazing the, the difference they make in insulation. But at the same time, you know, we wanted this piece to be really non-bulky. And so we use a special insulation. So there's the outer, there's a, you have the outer Berber wall, you have a, a full windproof layer, and then you have a special insulation that, to my knowledge, we're the only ones that carry it, but it's compressed, it's compressed insulation called wind insulation. And then you have a Shrieko lining. So you have 
upwards of about 750 grams of fabric and three air layers in a in a coat that you will not feel like you're the Michelin man yep. in the sand. You can still get it done, still move. I can layer in this coat and I would look me in the eye and say, if you know, if you control moisture again and know what you're doing, I, I'm below zero in this coat. But at the same time, it is not too heavy that again, you know, carrying it in when it's because it's too warm to wear it in at 42 degrees, uh, I'm probably home too. And that's a almost defined gravity. Say, really, I can hunt from 40 to 10 below. Yeah, I mean, the extremes get tougher and you got to know what you're doing, but it, it's that kind of a workhorse. But I, I wanted to talk about something real quick. And this is just sort of, I think, the experience side and the, the little side of things. This is this is a um, a cuff on the, on the underside pocket. This is something we've actually trying to patent right now. Um, but this just seals around my wrist, as you can see, tighter than can be. I think we all want to have as you know, bare hand or a small glove to run a release or absolutely. Fingers. And you know how it is. I mean, the, the deer's closing, and your hand comes out of that pocket, and the clock starts ticking. You know, how long yep. can you make it work? And you can put a hand warmer in that pocket, charcoal hand warmer. I promise you it's three times or more warmer than any other pocket you've ever had. And yeah, we all have hand warmer, you know, uh, moth, you know, type things, but this allows you to have almost the same benefits fleece lined inside. You still have zipper on the outside that, you know, keeps gear secure in there like a normal pocket. Plus that, that cuff does that really well, but it's, it's just standard and it's, it's just kind of one of the, a good example, I guess, a metaphor for kind of the thought that goes into all of our stuff. Now, I hope I'm not putting my foot in my mouth here, but it looks like based on the design of the pocket, that's not like a sewed over the top pocket. Like, is that your fabric that's got the three air layers going over the outside of the pocket there? Um, so this, this pocket would go inside of that, would go almost right uh, into yeah. the inner lining. So you'd okay. still have the outer the outer I'd benefit of the, the wall and the windproof. I got to say, it just looks yep. cozy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it, it just looks super freaking cozy. You got like, your pumpkin spice latte. And I want, up to yeah, that. I'm telling <laughs> you, I, got, I, I mean, I want a pair just way around the house. Can you make that in a solid so I can have pajamas? <laughs> <laughs> well, here, here goes back to another point, too. And, you know, we were, I guess, being in the industry as long as I have and working hard to make better clothes and better camo and Again, not knocking anybody, but you see, you know, chartreuse green poles and big giant green and it's orange logos, yeah. and solid color paneling. And I'm really like, is it, do you guys even believe that camo works? Because you're <laughs> working as hard as you can to make sure it doesn't. Thank you. Thank and you. so you see like these cuffs. I mean, 70% of this cuff is the outer shell of the fabric. We still get by with the stretchability and adaptability, whether you want to go inside of gloves or over the top of gloves with this special stretch fleece panel, but everything visually on the outside is still camel. Same thing with our hoods. We could save some money and make that a solid brown or a black like everybody else does. Probably save us four or five dollars on this garment. You know, that that fabric is I won't talk about cost, but it's it's expensive fabric. But when that whether that's hoods up or whether it's laying on your back, we want it to be as camouflaged as the rest of the garment. So I mean, 99% of the face of this garment is camo and it's our technology. And I mean, we're, we're heading the other direction to make it more camo. 
everybody else is trying to, you know, well, other other bring on it to make it look like it's going to sell at retail, and it's like fine, knock yeah. yourself out, but that's not where we're going. So yeah, yeah, yeah other people are trying to push into everyday wear too. We're you know, sorry to go off, but no, no that's no, good. I'm, that's the kind of stuff we want to hear. It's interesting. I mean, yeah. I I am kind of in the industry to some degree with my my professional day job. Like I get to see how some sausage is made in certain places, and it's it's very fascinating. And there are some brands that care a whole lot. They they really are. There's some that yes. I think probably don't to your point. And um, it, I think it shows. Like I think, yeah. I, I, I think the savvy consumer knows what's going on. I think some that check in on November 19th for the day of gun opener, that's a different consumer um, right. than the folks that are bow hunting for the, the what three, four months that we get to bow hunt. Right. Uh, yep. There's a different level. There's a spectrum there. I'm not begging on anybody that doesn't care as much. It's totally cool. Like I got a buddy that's like really excited to go buy some new blaze orange and I'm good for him. Like he should be excited about that, but I'm like, bro, I'd, I'd be I much... would spend money on something different. And just get a blaze orange vest. But yeah. It sounds yeah. Good. I mean, spend the money on nice camo clothing, especially if you're going to bow hunt. Yep. But if, again, you know, he's a, he's going to be he's a, a gun, gun hunter. That's yep. all he wants to do. Yep. Um, no, it's, it's very interesting, but I'm serious. If you guys don't April fools me and make a full on onesie of that material. So I can look like a giant teddy bear. I'm all in. <laughs> Boy, here we go. You got two jobs, guys. You got the Clark series, the Eric Clark series saddle setup, and then you got the teddy bear. I'm Eric Clark teddy bear onesie. Teddy bear bros of Teddy bear bros Non camouflage, one piece coat of silence. Ideally with, with the, the butt flap. The button butt flap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't forget the buttons and the butt flap. Noted. If, if the butt flap could be buffalo plaid, that'd be great. Ooh, now you're talking about language. Oh, now you're getting creative. My love yeah. language is buffalo plaid. <laughs> Be sure I'm not Buffalo Vlad then. <laughs> Steer clear, Gregory. Yeah, no doubt. We yeah. we have some really cool can koozies that are Buffalo Plaid. Yeah, they are a big hit. There's no one else on the market making. We got a supplier. They're like, oh, are these neoprene? I'm like, no, dog. They're not neoprene. They are pure <laughs> fleece flannel Buffalo Plaid. Excuse me, sir. <laughs> Take your business elsewhere. <laughs> no, it's all good. But no, please uh, buy one. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for joining us tonight, guys. Um, no, it's been awesome. Yeah, this has been yeah. fun. Where? Yeah, I had the website I went up. Went off the beaten path a little bit on a couple of things. You know, I mean, it's 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 great clothes. I mean, it, we quiet, warm. You know, well well formed, well fitting, well featured. You know, um, in the camo side, you can you kind of buy in what we said or not. But even regardless, everything else is still true. You know, and um, we're just trying to build good good clothes at good price and. What retailers are you guys in? Because obviously you can buy direct from your website. Are you guys in retail? If so, which ones? Like where where can people go to buy physically if they wanted to? Yeah, we're in some Shield stores, um, Sportsman's Guide as well um, as a, another supplier. Um, who else? Am I? And we do we've opened the gate a little bit to um, more local type archery shops. Cool. So um, you know, there's there's a great. Uh, archery country in minnesota um, in the Twin is, Cities, I think yeah, awesome store I'm sure some listeners great one great of the most impressive bow shops i've ever been into if it's a good fit from a partnership standpoint and um you know we our doors are open to relationships and and um really yeah. stores like that but shields is the biggest um yeah, and man. definitely some yeah. local stores as well Very yeah good. we took, we kind of took it as a challenge a little bit we heard you know local dealer can't sell clothing, you know, and it's, it's just tough. And well, you, as you've heard, there's such a story to be told and you really, it's hard to get that out of just a, 
big box retailer and online retailer. So we really hope because of the price and the uniqueness and the storytelling that, you know, it can be a way for the, the small dealer to be successful. So we're yeah. wide open on that. That's cool. Uh, we got a great shop by us in Dowsman, Wisconsin called Whale Tales. They're a premier archery shop in our area. And by yeah. premier, I mean like they take it's really good care of their well. customers. Yeah. Good, good fellas there. Uh, any sales coming up? Denton asked, which is followed up by clearance factory seconds, question mark, question mark. So uh, Black Friday, a Cyber Monday, anything going on there for the listeners that you like all that's going to do is pull revenue forward. So if you're right. going to get the sale, you're just going to get it on that day rather than waiting for the end of the year. So like that's how those things work. But um, right now, so we have a new series, the Merino series. We have uh, our exclusive half zip that's on sale right now. Yeah. Um, I think we're at trying to get that rolling and push a little yep. bit and sell um, some people with you know, it. But. Between the holiday season, we're looking to definitely do some sales, help help our consumers out. We, um, we, yeah. We don't really play the high low game. I mean, yeah. also, don't do it. It's a drug you'll never get off of. It's heroin. And if you get on it, you'll never get off. But like it's expected on on a Black Friday, Cyber Monday. So those are safe right. days so you those, can play with. Yes. Right. Like we will have some co opportunities within those, you know, holiday time frames. But to Ev's point, I mean you know, we were wanting to, and we have, and feel really good about the price positioning of our products. Um, we, we don't intend to play high-low game, but, yeah. um, you know, definitely in the whole We game. always have inventory to move through and, you sure. know, yeah. and, and have big changes for, coming up yeah. and a lot of new stuff coming out next year. So we'll kind of make a little bit of room, yeah. but I say it was, if it more was, after the season than, than in the season. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That makes sense. Like, and yeah. we'll, we're very supportive of our retail guys. Yeah, for thing, sure. But, yeah. You know, it, it really don't want to catch those guys blindsided and all of a sudden, you know, and they're trying to compete with us online that we're 30% off. And so, there's and a term like, for that map pricing. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think scrolling through your website here at the products that you guys have on there, it's pretty safe to say that nothing is wildly unreasonable on there. No, not at it's all. It's very, very fair for the thought yeah. and consideration and the size of a company you guys are. I think that's a very fair price range. Yeah, consumers want the best of both worlds. They want they want Chinese pricing with Amazon like expediency and, and American made. It's like you can't have that all. They don't have it in three days. They're bitching. Yep. Uh, Denton just commented on the screen. Your Papa's Trading Post in Arena, Wisconsin, is an awesome archery shop. I've not heard of that one. I also don't know. Uh, yeah, I've heard of that one also. That's supposed okay. to be a very good shop. Oh, that's great to know. Yep. Cool. Yeah, well, we're always having um, yeah, conversations and relationships like that. Yeah, I, I would. I, I would say if you guys whale tails, papas, and uh, uh, lacrosse archery, I think is another good shop too. Okay. Yeah, if you guys are able to hop on to the YouTube live broadcast feed at some point after this this week, and or our Facebook page, there were a number of comments that came through that you guys could dive into and get deeper on for some of these listeners. Sure, okay. that might be a good yeah, tactic absolutely. for you, just in general, to make sure you're covering off on folks in case we couldn't get to it on the show. Okay. Uh, Oh, looks like there was one other question here. We'll grab from uh, Deer Hunting with Rick the Pheasant. Well, that's the peasant. Peasant. My bad. That could be the pheasant. Anyway. <laughs> Lord have mercy. I asked a question about uh, the stand cap. What was the question? That's Ev's cap. He's that's... super excited about it. It's... <laughs> it's our number one selling cap. It is. It not... is... <laughs> Rick, you'll love it. <laughs> it's, uh, I'm not sure what the question is on it. It's funny. I've, you know, I know we're about out of time, but, you know, Bill Winky is a, a, he's a good friend and he's been a great partner and I've, I've just been a Bill fan forever. And, and, you know, so we're, we're just really blessed to have him on board and he, he's not 
the stand cap, you know, uh, biggest stand cap fan. He's fine with it. He wears it, loves it and everything else. But he wore it on one of his first shows last year. And I'll never forget. I was coming back from presenting. It was about a little bit later than this. And, and he had the stand cap on. And I mean, my phone blew. Up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was like, ding, 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 ding. Like, what? And Bill Winky's got it. It's gold. Question, but we didn't have it on the website. And um, <laughs> and I'm like, these people were, were messaging me and getting my, they're calling me and saying, where's the stand cap? I can't buy it. I'm like, no, it's right on the website. Just go check it out. It's right there. Sure as heck, we did not have it on the website. And oh, that's crazy. We literally had to stop on, on the It's like a better version of the story. Emergency situation. <laughs> I stopped on the interstate and ran down in the ditch. I had one with me and by a by an ash tree and took a picture. That's it. That's <laughs> I would have done that. Here we go. There's a product that picture. We're not missing yeah, on this opportunity. Get that shit live. Let's go. <laughs> you guys, yeah, you, hopefully you took a picture of the prettiest side of your face and everything. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah. How do you yeah. measure? So he, Rick said he has a giant. I'm sorry, Rick. You said that. <laughs> so does he. <laughs> so how do you? Jamie. <laughs> You're well, fine, Jamie. He, he said it. Trying prototype hats on. And it. I mean, I have a tiny head. So it's like extremes. There's no moderation scale between it's, it's, measurements. It, here's here's plus, a story but. that will clear this up. So I had a guy that, that I was uh, going back and forth through the night about the same topic. He said, hey, I'm about seven, a little over seven and a half, almost seven, five eighths. And I said, dude, I can relate. I'm not quite that big, but I I said, I think it'll work. And I was a little bit apprehensive of saying that. And he just messaged me and he said, we're good on that, on that bigger I side. And I'm seven and, the opposite problem. I'm kind of seven and seven, what would it be? Seven, seven sixteenths and not seven and a half. Um, <laughs> and and the, that's bigger size still works for me too. So, okay. That's cool. Great question. Thanks. Uh, yeah. The question there. That's a long answer. Yeah. Rick, Rick. That helps, Rick. Appreciate it. Cool. Well, I'm going to end the live broadcast. Uh, go to codeofsilence.com if you're interested in taking a look at this stuff. Thanks for the callers I called in, all the comments. We appreciate everybody. Um, I expect some more reviews. No, I'm just kidding. I don't really care. But, uh, no, but it'd be cool if you did. Yeah. It'd be, be a lot cooler if you did. It'd be a lot cooler if you did. What is that from? I don't know. That's from something. It is. Ah, damn it. Bitch and mm. Camaro. It sort of reminds me of I don't know why. No. Okay. Well, thanks, guys, for being <laughs> okay with us. Thank you. Dazed and confused, man. Thank you. God. Greg knew. Greg's old. Thanks. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Greg's bedtime. We got to go. <laughs> Kiss my ass. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, he was. Cool. Thank you. Yeah.